it's gonna start happening. Yeah. Oh man, we were we're already heated. Yeah, we need to just press record yeah. now. We were talking a little bit before just pressing record, and we were already getting into the topic at hand here. So uh, yeah, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. What's up? What's up? I'm Robbie. I'm Tito. Do you want to explain what we're talking about? Yeah, and totally. Want to get into? Mm-hmm. So last week, our um, last week we were talking about the que- what was the question for last week? Uh, the question was: Is music too easy to make nowadays? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is music too easy to make nowadays? Do, like, is it is it cheating? Like, is it is that is that is all this stuff that we have to make it easier? Is it is it cheating or is it bad? And uh, I don't know. The longest story short of that, we're like, no, it's you just use it. And I don't know. We made a whole podcast about it, so yeah. go listen to that. But that. Um, yeah, the longest story short of it is like, no, it's like complicated and it's sometimes it helps you to do stuff and sometimes it doesn't. But it also, that whole conversation kind of fed into this other really good um, conversation that we started having that's directly correlated with that. And so that is the conversation of, is it okay to copy mm. as an artist? And and like, how to what degree is that okay? And... And that, you know, that opens up. So we kind of like started talking about that and that a lot of the stuff we were kind of researching for last week's episode brought kind of got into the issue of copying, too. And um, a lot of the stuff was talking about sampling. And, right. It, and, you know, is that making your own music or is that just taking someone else's and and using their talent to get to get ahead or quote unquote, whatever that means. So so we wanted to do this episode on is it OK to copy? Right. Yeah. Just because with new platforms like Splice, like we were talking about on the last episode, all of these new resources for, you know, modern day music producers, they have all of this access to these samples. Mm -hmm. I mean, samples have been around, you know, for a while now, Mm -hmm. you know, hip hop like foundation was built on sampling. But Mm -hmm. now it's like you can make all of your songs with all samples. Yeah. You don't have to know how to play an instrument. You just need to know how to use your mm. your DAW or your Logic totally. or your Pro Tools or Ableton. Totally. It's all sample-based, and you can make completely new songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea of this whole copying, is that is that copying? Like, is sampling copying? Right. Yeah. You know, how, how, how do you That's even answer question. that question? Yeah. Right. And Because in, in, I think in the most literal sense... Yes, like it. It is an exact copy, you know. Yeah. Like if you listen to like "Rhyming and Stealing" by the Beastie Boys, that is the literal exact drum recording of John Bonham playing when the levee breaks. You know, it's so that copy of the drum beat is then copied over and over and over, and makes the drum foundation for that whole song. Right. You know. Um, I, I guess the question is: Is it okay to copy? Yeah, and so or, that's that's the kind of more complicated. Right. Part and of it. at it's what like, point is it bad? And what uh-huh. at what point is it? Like it, it's good. Like it passes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like, and also like another good thing to get into is like how does, how does that affect like practically what does that mean for us as a creative? How how should we tiptoe around copying or jump right into it? Yeah. So, yeah. Let, let's let's get in. What is the first? What is the first thing on on your computer screen? Well, right the one thing that I was thinking of about all of this is you know when we're thinking as creative people, you're inspired by you know, your idols. Mm-hmm. So you kind of start off playing covers of your favorite artists. Yeah. And then eventually you you go into like starting to write your own songs. Mm-hmm. But it's like impossible to not be influenced by yeah, those artists. So totally. something that I guess connects that all together is all of these videos that I've been watching about all of the copyright claims mm-hmm. and like disputes lately. I watched this video called Top 10 Ripoff Songs on YouTube, mm-hmm. and it has freaking 15 million views. Crazy. So a lot of people are like watching this uh-huh. and are making some kind of decision. Is it copying or not? Yeah. So I showed you the video like mm-hmm. a little bit ago, and I was watching it, and it was just like, I, I can understand where people see that it might be copying, but I also don't understand at the same time. I was just like, why? Why is this an argument? Like, why are people 
like going back and forth on this. It's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, totally. Yeah, when you when you showed me that that video, it's it kind of it was a little bit frustrating because a different video that we had talked about made like made it a lot more clear. Mm-hmm. And so the the video that I'm referencing is this video. Everything is a remix. Okay, and so. Should we should we back up and talk about that? Sure. And then talk about the the new video that you just showed me and about how we saw that in a different light right. after watching yeah, everything I as think a remix. That's a good idea. Um, so one of our goals with the podcast is just to give you as a creative person like good things that are inspiring and insightful. So that even if you like listen to this podcast and you're like, man, those are chumps. I don't care about what they have to say. At least you can have like some good YouTube videos to watch that of other people saying really smart things that um, that you'll get stuff out of. So one of those videos is everything is a remix. Um, and so if you just look up on on YouTube, everything is a remix. It'll come up. Um but it's uh, the, like that. It's as far as this conversation is concerned, that's brilliant. Yep. And it's like if you have like if you're like pressed for time and you only have twenty minutes and it's like listening to this podcast or watching that video, just turn off the podcast. Go listen to that video right now. That's very true. <laughs> I would just yeah, yeah. It's like this short documentary. It goes through like the blurry boundary of the original. Yeah. Versus like the quote unquote unoriginal. Yeah. And what it means to art in general and mm-hmm. like. Should it be poo-pooed or or not? Uh-huh. So can you it, explain? Oh my gosh. And it's just so the and the the level of detail that they go into is what makes it so helpful. Because like everybody I think these these topics get talked about a lot. And you kind of like hear some conjecture of like, oh yeah, like Star Wars has a lot of elements from previous videos or whatever. Um, or previous feature films, and as people say that, and they throw it out. But the different thing about everything is is that it goes through the trouble of finding the exact scenes that were like that were similar or shows inspiration from a previous movie. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. I see. Like, it's impossible to look at these two scenes side by side and to not realize that oh, George Lucas went back and watched this movie and then he recreated that scene mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Like shot for shot and angle for angle. And um and once you see that it's like, "Oh, okay, George Lucas did this on this thing we call Star Wars, which we, you know, always think of as like the most original whatever. You don't think of that as a copy of anything, sure. you know?" Right. And um and so like so Star Wars is a great example and then it's like there's a lot of other things like that he goes into, and especially like something like Kill Bill, where he says, "Oh yeah, Tarantino." Yeah, Quentin Tarantino, and he talks about how, yeah, like Kill Bill is like, uh, in some ways, like a, um, I think he compares it to a mashup, you know? Yeah. Um, where it's like all these different scenes from these different movies, he goes through and shows you literally side by sides of this is what it looked like in the you know movie from 1965 and this is what it looked like when Quentin Tarantino redid it for uh Kill Bill and they were like intentional yeah um scenes that he would put like the eye patch or whatever yeah totally was specifically an homage to this older piece of work yes and like that word homage came up a lot and I was like oh okay that makes sense because it's like clearly no one could look at these side by side and think that it you know Quentin Tarantino had no um had no qualms about people recognizing it you know yeah. he knew that people were going to recognize that this was a shout out to another movie and that's kind of why he did it you know it wasn't something that he was trying to hide or embarrassed about it was like this was a great movie and it this was a great scene from it and I want to pay homage to this this other movie by including it and I think that 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 was a huge part of of the point of everything is remakes is that is that a lot of times when you take things and use them and it it's not always with this malicious intent a lot of times when people talk about copying or about sampling they're doing it they talk about the per- person doing it as this like perpetrator of like oh they're they're trying to use someone else's work to get ahead yeah whereas if you're really if you're paying homage to something it's which is a very natural thing that artists have done forever. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's a way of showing respect for art that has come before you. Do you feel like the people who make a stink or raise hell about this is a blatant copy, mm-hmm. blah blah blah? You know, minus the ones that are actually like blatant copies or whatever. Yeah. But do you think a majority of people who are raising hell about it maybe don't understand like creativity? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Because <laughs> I, like, I, 
Yeah, go ahead. I, I'm I'm very conflicted when I watch these videos of like, check out these top ten ripoffs, right? Uh huh. Because yeah. it's like, I get like when I listen to the the A and the B, mm-hmm. I listen to both sides of like, okay, how is that gonna how is that gonna fit into the the newer song? Okay, I can kind of see that. Or a lot of it's like, okay, it's the same chord progression. Yeah. Like the one of the most maddening ones to me was like the Marvin Gaye, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. There's a really good video on YouTube where this guy just he he shifts the key so they're both in the same exact mm-hmm. key, um, and the tempo is I think relatively similar, mm-hmm. so that's fine. Um, but he goes like it just goes from Marvin Gaye song to Ed Sheeran song, mm-hmm. and there's like there's no doubt that it's the same vibe, yeah, the same kind of like tempo, uh huh. But like the melody of the way he was singing it was completely different. Yeah how how is it a a chord progression? Mm-hmm. Like how how are you how are millions of people considering or even debating the fact? Yeah, totally. So for me, I'm like, hey, I'm an artist. Like I've definitely done chords before. Yes, seriously. It, like, it, how is that copying? Yeah, and I think that like what you when you that's a good question of like, do you think that these people who are up in arms about it are not creatives or not musicians? And I think that when you raised that point, I was like, that is a very very important point because I think that. Um, musicians would hear that and they would say yes it came same chord progression a lot of songs have the same chord progression yeah and i think that for us that's very normal and natural but for you know if you're if you're showing these two songs next to each other with somebody who wants to paint ed sheeran as like this bad guy and wants to feel like all up on their high horse about Mm -hmm. it then they're you know you could easily do that but you know it's like the type of thing where if you play guitars or, or or know anything about music theory you'll know like a a one five six four chord progression Mm -hmm. it's like we we play that on your guitar right now play that underneath this and this will be like a monologue about um and it's out of tune play like that like a g d e g and then e minor and then c you know like that oh yeah like that that And like, okay, so this is a chord progression that has, there's literally millions of songs yeah. that use these chords. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can move these chords up and down the guitar, the the neck. You can um, play them in different keys, different speeds and whatnot. And so, and there's hundreds of YouTube videos about people showing off the different songs that can fit into that. Yeah. You know? They because can mash you can, it up. Yeah. You can, you can play that song and then you, you play like, Don't Stop Believing and you play... I don't know, all these other ones. Yeah. Um, but it's, and so to a musician, it's like, okay, yeah, like, it's, yeah, those are the same chords. But if you play it to a non-musician, they're like, oh my gosh, this is blowing my mind. And it's like, right. so, yeah. and it's, and it's like this crazy thing, but it's, that's how chords work. They're not as different as, the, all yeah. the, the chord positions that you hear on, on the radio and stuff are not as different as, as a lot of people think they are, you know? Right. And, um, and so with the, I th- so I think that like somebody's familiar familiarity with music and with art mm-hmm. really plays into whether or not they're taking the role of like oh you're a cheater oh you're a copier oh, you're a perpetrator by copying or whatever. I wonder if it's the same mentality when it comes to like art mediums that's not music. I wonder, like yeah. painting or something mm-hmm. or drawing. Yeah, I wonder. Well, I, really I mean, okay, there was that one, um, you remember Shepard Fairey and the Obama yeah. poster? Oh, yeah, that was in Everything's a Remix, yeah, totally. Is it? Yeah, yeah, okay, that's so. why I remember right. it. Um, he used a reference photo for that like, very famous Obama mm-hmm. uh, poster that's like like two-tone, I don't know and how yeah, to explain it. Yeah, it says hope on the bottom, and right. it's very, the famous Obama Right, one, but yeah. the reference picture was from this photographer or something mm-hmm. like that. So, like, was he stealing? right. That photo that he rep, like that he used to stylize. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like that yeah, photo would have so, been nothing. Yeah, it's like a regular photo. Yeah, it would have just been like a picture of Barack, Ob- which is like yeah. there are so many pictures of Barack Obama. Yeah, like who need, like who cares if a new one? That's what's interesting you know? about it. It's like I understand that there's someone that the photographer should probably get credit, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Which okay, that's I guess it kind of makes sense. Yeah. 
like there there are people's livelihoods mm-hmm. at stake and and I understand that like we're talking about it in like a it's not copying like whatever yeah. I'm sure I don't know it's so weird we were talking about like the Coldplay Joe Satriani thing yeah it's like I can see how there's these two songs that are very similar but like you know Joe Satriani he's a musician he should know better like, like why I, I, like, yeah I, really, I don't get it yeah. I, I don't know if this conversation is making sense at all, but I'm I'm just like, there's these weird conundrums with music and creativity where yeah. it's just like, that's why this question of is it okay to copy? Yeah, and and so yeah, the thing with the Joe Satriani, so that's the song Viva La Vida, yeah, and there's a Joe Satriani song which like I don't even get, I don't even know the name. It doesn't matter because it's a really mediocre, just <laughs> instrumental guitar song. Yeah, and he and so Joe Satriani like sued Coldplay for copying the song and I think that that yeah like it's that if you watch everything's a remix like I said just go watch that turn this podcast on and go watch the, the video um the if you watch that you'll he goes into talking about like how different I, different people can come up with similar ideas at the same time especially like you know like now we're, we're we're all taking in a ton of media and we're taking in a lot of the same media. And so it's very natural for us to kind of come up with different people in different parts of the world who have no connection to kind of come up with these ideas, original ideas concurrently with one another. And that's just kind of, it doesn't mean that one person is copying from another person. That just means that these same influences reached two different people in the same way. And it's not unbelievable to think that two people came up with the same chord progression and the same melody. Right. Like if you were to pick this, if you happen to pick the same chord progression, there probably are a few options to pick from as far as Mm -hmm. like melodic, like direction, I Uh guess. So I, I feel like it would like sometimes when I hear a melody, it it seems natural. It's a natural path, like mm-hmm. da, 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 da. you know. It's yeah, just like, like where else are you gonna go yeah, with those chords? Where else are you gonna go? A very unique chord. Yeah. That chord progression is like oh, kind of unique. Yeah. And so it's like those, yeah, those those melody notes lead into those chords very, very straightforwardly. Yeah. Yeah. So, the and so that's why I say like somebody like Joe Satriani should know better. That it's just like it was that, just weird that that, was, that happens as a musician. It was know? like pursued hardcore. I yeah, think. I I don't know what the outcome was, but yeah, yeah. Another band where this issue kind of came up um, was Led Zeppelin, and so didn't you have something on there about Led Zeppelin? Yeah. So on this video, uh, everything is a remix. They they had a section about Led Zeppelin, and I want to defer this to you, Robbie, because you know you're more familiar with Led Zeppelin than mm-hmm. I am. Um, I listen to Led Zeppelin, but I'm, I wouldn't say like I listen to them a lot. So yeah, I don't want to speak out of turn here. Uh-huh. Um, but in the documentary, they were showing a lot of examples where Led Zeppelin used um, other songs mm-hmm. down to like the song title, and it 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 seemed very similar when I hear it, but it was definitely that Led Zeppelin style, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things that the documentary mentioned was that Led Zeppelin at some points didn't change the core structure enough mm-hmm. of the song. Like it's almost like sometimes it's okay to be inspired by an older song or, or an in, like something uh-huh. that inspires you. But if you change it enough to a point where it's a brand new thing mm-hmm. that passes, they were kind of debating whether or not yeah. it's... You know, are they just straight up copying? So, like, what are your thoughts on Led Zeppelin as a as an artist, a band, mm-hmm. and the, the kind of like I don't know allegations, I guess, to yeah, is it copying totally because it's like okay. blues songs. Yeah, and yeah. so okay, so this is like I said before, this is a great question, or th- this is a good question. This is like a pretty good question that leads into a really great question. Okay, so that uh, the good question is just like about Led Zeppelin and about their their copying of. 
of of people like Muddy Waters and like Lightning Hopkins and people like that, like old blues players. And so if you watch Everything Is Remix, you'll hear some really good side by side comparisons. I think it's a, a Muddy Waters song that that they use. Um, and yeah, and there definitely are some lines that are like pretty spot on, like the melody and the way that Robert Plant sings them are are the same way that they were sung in a Muddy Waters song. But th- but this is kind of where the conversation takes a good turn. And this is where it gets really interesting is that, um, and this is a part where I say like it turns into a great question, which is this, if you take a, if you take a Muddy Waters song and a Led Zeppelin song and play them right after one another for somebody, anybody's going to be able to say those are different bands. You know, if you take a Howlin' Wolf song and then play a like same a, song, but say similar song, uh, different yeah, as similar as, as similar a song as you can get from either of those bands. Yeah. As close as they ever got with a song, you play that for those two songs for anybody and anybody's going to be able to say, yeah, those are different bands. Those are, that's, you know, and so, and even if there's a couple lines that are the same line or the same melody, anybody's going to say, yeah, those are different bands. Those are different styles. That's like no question. But if you take a Greta Van Fleet song, and which a Led a Zeppelin new, song, which is a newer. So Greta Van Fleet, yeah. if you don't know, is a a two thousand. They came out in like two thousand seventeen, two thousand nineteen. They're actually a Michigan band. Or they, they they came out. They were kind of playing around. They were playing around when when um when we were playing around the same area. They're from Michigan too, but they um, so they've been they've been they've been around since you know the mid twenty teens, like twenty fourteen, twenty twelve. I don't know twenty twelve. But um, right on. Yeah, but they. Uh, but they they really broke in like 2017 or 2018, right? Gotcha. And so um, so they they made, they got it huge. They they got this huge record deal, and you know they became a really big band on you know on mainstream radio overnight. And they the big thing with them is everybody's like this is Led Zeppelin. Do you know what I mean? Everybody hears them and they think that it is Led Zeppelin. If you play like every person who I've talked to who I've played that in the car for. Um, they'll be like, oh, I didn't know this was. A, I didn't know Led Zeppelin did this song. I've never, you wow. know, even down to like the production quality was yeah. the same. Yeah, and okay. it's weird because it's a two. I need to listen to them more. The, so. the twenty, you know, the twenty seventeen band. The like, I play it for my dad, and he's like, oh, this is a new Led Zeppelin song that I haven't heard. Unreleased, or yeah, yeah, or like, a, yeah, they think it's like an unreleased a B track or something, and and that is the you know that is the question about if you look up Greta Van Fleet. And Google, I'm sure that the suggested things is going to be like Greta Van Fleet or Led Zeppelin question mark, you know, or something like that, because that is the question that everybody had when that when this band made it big Mm -hmm. is like, are they because this is the kind of different side of it where they Greta Van Fleet doesn't have any that I know of Greta Van Fleet doesn't have any exact ripoffs of like a melody or a line like word for word ripoff from Led Zeppelin, but everything else is like, you know, so they sound exactly, close enough, literally yeah. to to fool anyone. No, nobody, no passive listener is going to listen to these two and be like, oh yeah, that's a, those are different bands. I can hear the singer is a different person. You know, it it sounds you know even the, like nobody's going to be fooled. I mean, I mean, nobody's not going to be fooled. Right, <laughs> everybody is going to be fooled, and so that brings up an interesting question: is like. Was was Led Zeppelin okay to copy from, to quote unquote copy from Muddy Waters, or is Greta Van Fleet okay, or or not or whatever to copy from Led Zeppelin, even if they don't copy and you know anything word for word, but everybody knows that it's Led Zeppelin. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and do you feel like it's like? Do you think it's uh, inspired by Led Zeppelin, or do you think it's like? Oh wow, we sound like Led Zeppelin. We should we should play like Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I think that that's hard. We can't get into their heads. There, obviously, there is but. definitely no way that they were not intentionally like, let's make this sound like Led Zeppelin. Okay, they were definitely even down to you like like, and I think that the more you know about music, the more you know how much intention went into sounding like Led Zeppelin because like you'll hear it and you'll be like, wow, the, they must have like put a lot of work into miking the snare drum. The way. the way that Bonham would mic a snare. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and things like that, the exact right amount of reverb, the exact same, you know, the exact right uh, type of fuzz pedal for the guitar, the exact right type of 
um, reverb on the vocals, you know, um, all of these little things where it doesn't just happen by accident, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and okay, so here's the thing. You might think that I might be saying in this case, Led Zeppelin is original because they changed it enough or whatever, because they made a new style out of it. They made a new genre out of it. And then Greta Van Fleet is not original because they copied an already existing genre. But I'm not going to say that. That's not where I'm going to go. I'm going to say that they're both legit and that that's just how art works. Mm. Is that, you know, is in that. And I think that people get pissed because like Greta Van Fleet got super famous and they're like one of the most famous rock bands now. And and I think that that I think that the, the like bringing the fame and the money into it is a thing that that distorts it, you know, mm. because like nobody would care about the Viva La Vida thing if there wasn't an opportunity to get millions and millions of dollars from a lawsuit regarding it, you yeah. know, and it's like any you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a big deal if it wasn't a, a multi a song that made millions and millions of millions. Right. Of when dollars. you have when you have that much notoriety for any song to get big for an audience, whether they know music or understand music at all, mm-hmm. if you're just a listener of music and you hear that that was a ripoff, mm-hmm. you kind of have this like I've been duped. Yeah. So let's let's figure out exactly why they were stealing right. or copying this thing then becomes like this these videos of the right totally. listen to this listen to that totally. when when maybe they were just intentionally like yeah. they like how it sounds they're making new music mm-hmm. it's not they're not doing covers right right yeah exactly and that's the thing they they do not cover let's up you know what i mean yeah they're not a cover band yeah it's like what do you yeah how yeah. do you argue with, <laughs> with yeah. that oh my gosh and another one is like um the Rolling Stones and the the Verve, Bittersweet Symphony. Have you oh, heard yeah. this one? Yep. Absolutely mind-boggling. Because there is, it is like, it is so frustrating because there's like no, they are completely different songs. Completely, yeah. there's like no similarities. But the Verve ran into this huge lawsuit for this song, which is completely, as far as I'm concerned, a completely original artwork. Right, and, because you know, they were sampling a Rolling Stone version of an orchestra yeah doing the one of their songs uh, totally and it's like i don't know and plus bittersweet symphony symphony as a song like man when you hear that it's like a brand new thing oh yeah compared to it's a great song you know not going not like rolling stone i don't know what the song was yeah, originally because right. because it's a fucking b-side boring song yeah like Bittersweet Symphony became like a way it's bigger huge. song. It's huge. Yeah. And it's like, they should be thankful that their like weird ass idea for this like kind of like throwaway track ended up being a part of a song that's actually awesome. You know? Right. So Rolling Stone should thank the Verve Pipe or whatever one it was. There's the Verve or the Verve Pipe? I think the, the Verve. Yeah. 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 Go, okay. And here's another example of this thing Go. happening. Go for because it. The, okay, in the 90s, there was a, van, a band called the Verve Pipe, and there was a band called the Verve. Mm. You know, and this is an example of this way that concurrent things, because I'm sure that I'm sure that one of them didn't copy from the other. The We could ask Brian Vanderark. I go to yoga with his wife. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Brian Vanderark, he lives here in Grand Rapids, and, his, um, and so he's from the Verve Pipe. The song that they're well known for is The Freshman in the 90s. Okay. And um, amazing band. I'm a hundred percent sure that they didn't copy off of the Verve, and the Verve didn't copy off of them. Yeah. That this is just an example of a concurrent idea coming up. We should have him in on this podcast. Let's do you it. You know, um, there's just so many examples where it's like there ha- that at some point things are gonna line up and it's yeah. gonna be very similar. And I think that if you like, if you're just of the understanding of like, oh, that's how art works, then it makes more sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you're if you're coming if you're trying to look at this through the lens of capitalism, and especially if you're trying to look at this through the through the lens of intellectual property, it it doesn't make sense. And you're like, oh, always frustrated and always like, I can't believe these people are so you know hideous to try to steal other people's stuff. And that's because you can't put music into the box of capitalism. You can't put music and creativity into the box of intellectual property. Yeah. And that's I think just really the bottom line. Yeah. That if this mic wasn't attached, I would drop it right on the floor right yeah. now. Yeah. I think the reason why too you and I just went back and forth on all of these like 
different examples of whatever litigation mm-hmm. between song A and song B. And the, the feeling of not knowing how to feel about it mm-hmm. is because when we watch something like Everything is a Remix, mm-hmm. everything kind of clicks for us. Yeah, totally. Where it's like, like you said, the lens of thinking in that way, mm-hmm. that's like a buzzkill to me. Totally, yeah. Even though there might be some things that you should be looking at and paying attention to or whatever, mm-hmm. like as someone who wants to keep creating stuff, that's not a view that I want to have when it comes to creating stuff. Yeah, totally. I want, like, I like the openness of everything as a remix. Yeah. And that, like, accepting from the jump that, like, you're never going to be 100% original. Right, yeah. And everything kind of just builds off of each other. Yeah. Is way more fascinating to me yeah. to create, to possibly create a newer thing. Mm-hmm. Not a new thing, maybe a newer thing. Yeah. Maybe eventually it'll be a new, and, and new, it, new yeah. thing. And it's like, and just because you, and I think that it's like, that you, I would, I would actually phrase it that you are creating new things. That's true. Yeah. And that you, and that you are creating new things all the time and you're using old, old things and pre-existing things to make new things. And I think that that's the way that new, the only way that new things are ever made, you know, right. from pre-existing things. Yeah. And that we shouldn't feel like we have to conjure up a new thing from out of nothing right. because that's unrealistic and it's not something that's ever happened, you know? Right. Everything is a remix video, right? Mm-hmm. That was a really great example and I'm glad I watched it before we recorded this. Yeah. I want to share with you guys another resource called Steal Like an Artist, oh, which yeah, is totally. a book by Austin Kleon. I've talked mm-hmm. about him before. Um, but I feel like this book is a, it's almost like a version of everything is a remix entry it's like a book version of it oh cool so it has a ton of great quotes kind of like that video yeah while everything is a remix is more of like what is happening in the current state Mm -hmm. of this like copying not copying scenario Mm -hmm. and this book is more about what do we do with that information yeah and kind of being in the lens of it's okay to copy let's Mm -hmm. let's make a new thing yeah one of the really cool quotes that I, I read on here, you were talking about how we're creating new things. Mm-hmm. Conan O'Brien, everybody knows Conan mm-hmm. O'Brien. Yeah. When he first started, he said that he was trying to be like David Letterman. Mm-hmm. Right. Because David Letterman was probably a very prominent character in yeah. that. Like in the way you did late night shows, uh-huh. he just put his own stamp mm-hmm. as a late night show host. So in Conan O'Brien, when you're just starting out, you're probably trying to work off of that template to make Mm -hmm. sure it's successful because for David Letterman, it was. Mm -hmm. So um, Conan O'Brien said that when he was trying to be David Letterman when he started, it is our failure to become our perceived ideal that ultimately defines us and makes us unique. That's awesome. So him eventually understanding that him, quote unquote, copying or imitating, Mm -hmm. whether it's, because he thought it would work, that can lead us into something else too. Totally. Like something yeah. completely new. Totally. You know, so like when we're all just learning our work, like learning our art, uh-huh. playing songs, playing covers of bands we like, artists that we like, mm-hmm. you have to learn it all first yeah. for you to be proficient at it. Right. Eventually, like those things will start to shift or you'll start making mistakes. And sometimes those mistakes actually turn out being... Awesome. The thing that makes you more you. Totally. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Like, even the so failures cool. in the copying. Yeah. So it promotes like copy more and because you'll see, land. Yeah. You'll see where you'll, you land. Yeah. And you'll see where you land. Totally. Yeah. I feel like that is exactly where I'm at right now. You know, it's just like, don't be afraid of that. Just copy more and see where you land. And and it's, you know, it's, you're, it's not like you're like doing it's not like you're cheating anybody out of anything or anything. You know, it's like, I, I, I wonder a lot of times about what it is that, that is behind some of the, the like lawsuits and the like, Oh, you can't do this. Like stealing and copying is such a taboo thing. You should never do it. Um, and, and if, if, if the mentality behind that is like, you shouldn't use other people's hard work to get ahead, then why is that same attitude not directed towards cover songs? 
Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because it's like... Is it because someone's claiming it's a cover song? I, maybe. I don't know. It's because I'm thinking about... I'm thinking about this. Like, if I... If I'm sitting down and I'm writing a song and I'm using some um, and, I'm, and I'm listening to a lot of The Who, you know, and I, I'm like, oh, yes, The Who, this is a great band. I love their their style and the I love, you know, the way that they're rocking and these, you know, the way that their songs are structured or whatever. And so I'm trying to write a song that sounds like that. And I, you know, I make and I like do it and I finish the song and I put it up. Mm-hmm. Um, that why is it why is it more wrong to like do that and like quote unquote copy from them and it's less wrong to to say like okay I'm gonna play like a Who song and just do a, a YouTube cover of it and and I guess like YouTube covers maybe is like a good I was gonna kind of like like talk shit about youtube covers as like oh like it's just just go out and write your own song and and use somebody else's inspiration and like copy another song and write and instead of like singing their lyrics over it write your own lyrics over it or something but like then you have bands like scary pockets yeah who does covers in a cool creative way right they could honestly so scary pockets is this funk band yeah that does youtube covers um in a very like robbie said like a unique way if they took the vocals out, they could probably write new songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Honestly, they took and vo- it sounds like oh, scary easy. pockets. Yeah. Yeah. Which, but I think that this is also a, a weird point because I think that, um, oh, kind of where I was going with that Who thing. If I if I put that out, if I put out a, a song, original song, inspired by the Who, even if I completely fucking copied the, even if I fucking ripped it off, like yeah. so hardcore, um, the that wouldn't that wouldn't be advantageous for me as advantageous as um as just copy as as doing a a who a cover song of the who and like in regards to the algorithm and and whatnot you know what i mean Mm. because if i if you put it if you put up a song on youtube or on wherever and you say like original song called like breakneck glass by robbie fisher and it's and it's a complete ripoff of the who and it's you know, it's very similar to The Who, but it's an original song. That's not going to get no plays. That's not going to get mm. no hits. But if you put up My Generation, like, cover by Robbie Fisher, that's that's going to get you a lot more in favor with the algorithm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Which is, like, I think that that's, a, that's an interesting thing, how that comes into play. And how a band like Scary Pockets, I think, if they wrote, if this band, Scary Pockets, wrote all did all of their songs the same arrangement but with no vocals or with original vo- if if Carrie Pockets did all of their as many videos as they've done with all of the quality that they've done them and just changed the vocals to have original lyrics instead of um cover lyrics they would be probably like way more unknown that's true because it's like covers like covers is like what the algorithm and it's like that's why covers have become such a thing yeah with like YouTube and with and, and people might search for it more because they know the song exists mm-hmm. rather than like you starting from the bottom up mm-hmm. and like here's a new song that totally I had. yeah and so I think that that really comes into it and I think that it's like I I honestly get kind of like that's why I was kind of like ready to to shit talk about covers because I f- have this weird gut feeling about about covers and about how that has become the way that that you get noticed and how. I'm just really kind of like unhappy about the way that algorithms skew to- so hard towards covers, whereas people put on this orig- work into do- to doing an original song, and that just because of the social media landscape now is not what gets celebrated and not what gets seen. And I mm. think that that's that's something that's like disheartening to me. I guess because I want to see more people writing original songs out there. I guess that's true because it's like it would get pushed more than like a new song that might be really, really great. Oh, totally. Yeah. Unless you have uh, already a base, like unless you were like Beyonce or something that come out with a new song, mm-hmm. of course, it's going to get shot up. She's Beyonce. Of course, yeah. Like that new song is going to come out. Before the new, before social media was even right. existed, you know? This would be interesting if like, say like a Beyonce comes out with a brand new song under a completely different, 
if 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 actual Beyonce came out with a different song, right? But just didn't use her name. Yeah, yeah, totally. Would yeah, that... that would be great. I want I want I challenge you personally, Beyonce, to come out with a new song and just sing it. You know, produce it in your bedroom and then upload it and see what happens. Create a Gmail. Yeah, create a Gmail. Get Spotify for artists. Yeah. And upload it under your new personality. How would it do? I don't... That's crazy. You know, I know exactly how it would do. Because there's a million other people out there who are just as talented as Beyonce. And they're uploading songs right now. Mm -hmm. And they're out there and they're not getting noticed. And that's... You know, and that's... because Because Beyonce is as big as she is, isn't because she is the best one that has ever existed. It's because of the way that capitalism skews towards, you know isolating individuals and being like oh they're the best person that's ever existed whereas the truth is that there's a lot of people who are just as talented right outside your door and you know in your local clubs and in your local shows and in basement parties you know in your in your town Mm. you know and like that's cool and that's great and that's inspiring and that's that gives that gives me excitement to know that there's all these great this great music just you know a few houses down in a you know in a basement and that it's not and that kind of like we've said before that your your fame and your fortune is not necessarily correlated with your artistic worth at all Mm. and i think that once that sinks in you can be like oh okay this that you know that that once that sunk in for me that really changed it changed things for me because i was like oh okay this person isn't necessarily famous because they're good they're famous because of all these certain circumstances put them in to a, a a place where they happen to be in front of a, a record agent who said you can sell records for me right because i guess if you think too much in that way you might be copying the wrong things mm-hmm. like going back to the whole is it okay to copy and you know the book that i was re- that i was sharing like steal like an artist i think yeah. i think copying is about finding the things that make you like internally yourself super excited and almost like a kid again yes the things that make you feel like childlike excitement towards creating Mm -hmm. a song or creating this new thing those are the things that you need to quote unquote copy yes totally you know it's it's uh, i was looking for the quote um but it's like well, here's one. Steal from anywhere that resonates with inspiration or fuels your imagination. Totally. It goes, devours old films, new films, music, yes. books, blah, blah, blah. And then it goes on and saying, select only things to steal from that speak directly to your soul. If you do this, your work and theft will be authentic. Yes. Thank you. That's. Br- I want to read that book now. Yeah. That's from uh, Jim Jarmusch. It's a quote. Um, but it, it's like, it is... It's like if you're trying to like get the plays like Beyonce, mm-hmm. but you're trying, then you start copying Beyonce because you think that will get you mm-hmm. the notoriety that you want. But inside, truly, it's, that's not where your heart is or your soul yeah, is when totally. it comes to creating your work. Yeah, it's probably not going to work, and people might probably go, "That's they're probably copying." Yeah, totally. But I feel like when you're so invested in like a certain type of art or work that inspires you Mm -hmm. you're gonna want to do it right yeah because you care about it yeah so you don't want to be like a complete carbon copy of this inspired inspired like piece of music Uh you want to try to like honor that kind of like the tarantino thing the homages totally yeah to these artists that you really care about yeah and it in turn makes new things exactly another another really good example that i um that i wanted to a resource that i wanted to share was the ted talk by mark ronson how sampling changed music Mm -hmm. that is a brilliant resource that's really um related to this and so go check out that just type in mark ronson sampling ted talk and um that's great because that he has a brilliant um a brilliant perspective on it and it's it's so related to everything we're talking about yeah and um and he uh, yeah i have a lot of respect for him i i think he's a great artist and he um he has a, a way of saying like at the end of the at the end of the ted talk he 
or maybe it's at the beginning. He he says that he he makes like a song for the TED Talk, mm-hmm. and the way that he kind of introduces it is he says, "I I found a few different um a a few different TED Talks uh, that I wanted to um, sample together and make a a new creative piece out of it because I." Uh, I I forget exactly the way he said it, but he was like, the reason I did that was because I found these things inspiring. And when I, once I found them, I couldn't help but want to insert myself into them. Yeah. Into that experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, and I just thought that that was great. I was like, that is a great way to go through your creative life to see things and inspiring. And instead of thinking like, Oh, that's great. And I, I can't get too much like that or else people are going to think I'm a, a cheat. Yeah. Instead of thinking that way, you think that's great. And all I want to do now is kind of put myself into that world. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and take it, those things and rip them apart and put them back together and, right. And, you know, make that world my world. Right. You know? And in that video as a producer, he's showing the process of how, um, you know, in hip hop sampling is a super prominent thing mm-hmm. and where you take a sound or an obscure sound and you stretch it out or you flip it or you speed it up and you make it into a brand new song. Mm -hmm. And I think the openness in that like music culture, whether it's hip hop or modern pop music, Mm -hmm. is very open to like the sampling Mm -hmm. um, technique. It's very like, it can be freeing because you'll get, really great stuff you'll get everything mm-hmm. you'll get stuff that's mediocre but you'll you can also get great things out of it yeah, like new totally. things and that's what made hip-hop and rap grow so fast in like music culture yeah and um i don't know if he said this himself or if it was a quote i looked it up just to like check so it's either a mark ronson quote a krs one quote or a grandmaster kaz quote <laughs> but in that um ted talk he says hip-hop never invented anything but it reinvented everything yeah that's it's like it it it's using all of these old artifacts almost yeah and like stacking them together together in a way that it's like reinventing something and breathing life Mm -hmm. into it again there's another super exciting let me let me bounce onto this because there's a there's a really good articulation of this that i just saw today there's a, a video called Salam Remy reworks classic samples for Nas and Amy Winehouse. Mm. The f- it's uh, from a show called The Formula by NPR. And that's his name is S-A-L-A-A-M-R-E-M-I. Salam Remy. Didn't he produce Amy Winehouse record with With Ronson? Mark Ronson? He, yeah. he might have. I think he did. Um, yeah, I looked that up. But yeah, he I had never I had never really um, gotten into his backstory or i don't know that much about him but he uh he seems like a really cool person and he said exactly what you were saying and um in a different way he said that he uses these samples and these um you know these different parts of old songs and he said the thing that he found so beautiful about it is that what what that type of creation is 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 taking all these pieces of history and gathering and telling the story of how they came into one person's life at one point and telling a certain story of one person's life at one point using all of these examples from history. Mm. And I thought that that was a, a brilliant yeah. illustration of what sampling does. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's really funny because they did produce Amy Winehouse. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> that's a perfect way to end that, I think. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, man, it, it seems like I'm trying to go back to like our whole conversation. It it felt like it was like a little all over the place because this mm-hmm. topic is so yeah. Totally. There's so much to there's think so much about. To talk about yeah. And you know, I hope untuned guitar and all. I hope that what you can get out of it is excitement rather than like this feeling of like, oh, am I copying something? Totally. Or should I, like, should yeah. I be worried about this? It's like it's more about watching those videos and reading the book that we were sharing yeah getting inspired by ideas of remixing work mm-hmm. and changing it so you could create new ones yeah that like that's exactly what i want to like give people through this podcast you know yeah. it's like just that feeling that i had when i was like kind of like researching this stuff 
and that feeling of like, oh my gosh, yes. Like it kind of feels like these, like these shackles are, are taken off of mm-hmm. you. It's like, okay, I don't have to like go through every melody that I'm trying, you know, cause writing a song is hard enough. I don't have to like, you know, puzzle myself over every single line that I write and be like, oh, is this too close to another line or is this okay? Or should I think of something more original? It's like, just go for it, get it out. Mm-hmm. And like, it doesn't matter if Ooh. it's, you know? Yeah. I actually stopped myself from writing a song the other day. Right. Because I thought it sounded, I, I was, I was humming like a melody. Mm-hmm. Right. And in my head, I was just like, have I heard that before? Yeah. And like, I was convinced it was another song. Right. And it stopped me right there. I didn't, I, and I that didn't, has happened to me too. Totally. I didn't pursue it. because Totally. It, but, and the thing is, if you keep pursuing it, yeah. that melody might change. Yeah. And it and might be, be like the Conan better. O'Brien thing that exactly. you said. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're, like you're going to make your own thing out of it. Especially if you don't even know what you're copying yet. Conan knew exactly who he was copying. And then all of his shortcomings kind of made him be the Conan instead of the right. Johnny Carson. But you got to keep pursuing it, which yeah, I you didn't. Have, that's the thing is you have to keep going yeah. down that road. Yeah. And I didn't. So yeah. that's that's like a good lesson. That I don't totally. know what you just said to yeah. make me no, think that's, of that. That's that's the exact lesson that I like. Yeah. That's the exact like point of this podcast, I think. Yeah, if it feels like you're copying, just keep keep pursuing. going. Yeah. <laughs> keep going. Yes. yes. That oh my gosh. If it feels like Great. you're copying, keep going. Great. That's it. That's it. If I sounded like a dumbass the entire episode, this it was is worth it for that quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um you got anything else? I, I think, think that that's it. I think that that's keep really good. Keep pursuing it. If it feels like you're copying, keep going. Yeah. Did we write that? Yes. That's an original thought. <laughs> <laughs> that is a completely original thought. <laughs> uh, here's another thing about original thoughts. You'll think you have an original thought and you Google it. Yeah, right. And it's completely <laughs> taken or somebody tweeted it like a hundred times. Yeah, And it's right. like, I am not original. Right. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. So... All right. It's like well, Michael. It's like Michael Scott quoting Ring, Wayne Gretzky. Oh yeah, it's like, perfect. <laughs> Wayne, yeah. Wayne Gretzky. It's like you take a hundred. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, and then another hyphen. Michael Scott. Dude, he's an original. Michael yeah. Scott's an original. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. I think it's time that's to sign it. off. Okay. What was it? Say the thing one more time. If you feel like you're capping, keep going. The end. The end. Bye. Bye.